Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode of the Diamond Download. I'm back in Tallahassee. It's cold. How are you? You're good. It's cold. Yeah. cold. What, te- what temperature is it for you right now? I feel like we talk about the weather every single time we open this thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know what it is. It's probably, I'm trying to look at my computer. It's probably like in the mid to high 70s. Lucky. It's like low 60s right now over here. <laughs> Not for me, bro. Take me no. back. I'm Addy. Is Miami versus Tallahassee that big of a difference in terms of climate? Oh, yeah, bro. Yeah. Florida's a long state. Interesting. Okay. Didn't know that. But yeah, do things Speaking are good. States? Speaking of states, I feel like we should jump right into this because I had too good of a segue. Okay, let's um, do it. Let's open with the State of the Union address for D2C. So for anybody who doesn't know, the State of the Union address is basically every year the president gets on camera and goes, the State of the Union is strong. That's literally the job is all I have to say because they're never going to say the State of the Union sucks. But it is important to be, you know, let's let's talk about DC, bro, because I think we've talked about this a little bit, but we've never really gone like more in depth. DC has taken a bit of a dive in the last two years. Have you noticed that? Yeah, I'd say like it peaked 2020, maybe to some point in 2022. And then, yeah, to the past like year, year and a half, give or take, has been uh, more headwinds, more challenging. Some obviously are still doing great. Some are doing decent, and I think a lot are are hurting, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I remember. Okay, so remember when I was doing emails for Adam Robinson? Yeah, yeah. Um, he made five econ predictions um, for twenty twenty three. Um, I want to. Do you want to like go through a couple of these and just see, sure. like, if these are are accurate? Okay, sure. let's start. Prediction number one, he said, the operating environment for 2023 will be much easier on you than 2022. Um, so 2022 was a nightmare for DTC. Inflation was sky high. Supply chains were a mess. Customers were waiting weeks for their shipment. It was an expensive and hard year. 2023 is showing signs of hope and it's not going to be anywhere near as much of a disaster as last year was. Thank goodness. Yes, no, maybe. What do you think, Chase? I think I think there's truth to it, but I also think it's a little different. Yeah, I, I think for like what I remember, 2022... Like containers and shipments and delays and everything was like off the charts. From what I understand, I think that part has gotten better. It's gotten less expensive and the delay in between it is is shorter. Um, but I think there's like other issues. I think like inflation's still here. I don't think like wages have increased. So I think like the dollar and spending power is lower. I think more people are buying on credit. So I think part of that is absolutely true. And then the other part of it, like I still think we're in the thick of it. What do you what are your thoughts? I mean, yeah, I, I feel like the only people who are making out like bandits right now are a firm in Klarna. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Prediction number two. There's five of these. So I kind of want to I want to let you narrate and I'll kind of just sit back. Okay. Prediction number two, VC will be scarce. Um, capital is going to remain on the sidelines for almost all DC brands. Valuations will stay low. You may remember the YC memo from May of 20, I guess that would have been 2022, where they advised everyone to plan for the worst. We're still feeling the effects of that. Money is not being turned around like it was, and you shouldn't count on being able to use VC money to grow your brand. It's bootstrap season, um, bad in the hatches, and spend wisely. Yes, no, maybe? Yeah, I think for e-com 100%. I think the only space where there was capital, where I don't know where that stands in this very moment, but for most of this year was like AI. I think like AI space got a lot of capital and attention, but e-commerce, I think that's pretty spot on. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Here's number three. The rich will get richer. And I do have thoughts on this one. It's as true as death and taxes, especially in 2023. Because of prediction number two, I think that brands that will crush it this year are the brands that have been crushing it already. If you're profitable at the challenger stage and operating without a hitch, you're going to the moon. Simple as that. That's what he said. What do you think of that? 
Yeah, I think that's true. I think a lot of the cracks that brands had like came to fruition. I mean, I I see, I don't know who posted, but I see on my feed like these big household name brands just like catering going bankrupt. Like there was one that I think it was Dak Shepard and is it Kristen Bell's wife. I think they owned like part of this, I don't know if it was a diaper company or this kids or baby company. They went bankrupt. There's just like all of these public companies that are just getting hammered. So I think like the, it's shrinking. I think the the rich got richer. I think the the middle class, like probably some of them got rich and a lot of them probably unfortunately got hit hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say the same thing about how like a lot of these brands that look like they were juggernauts and were just going to outlast everything just didn't, didn't stand the test of time. Um, yep. Oh, okay. Here's one. Number four, Clavio is going to beat Attentive. So the streaming wars between Clavio and Attentive will escalate and Clavio will win. Speaking from experience, it is much more difficult to build an amazing user-friendly email platform than it is to build an SMS platform. Clavio has both. And even if it takes until the end of 2024, Clavio will end up leaving Attentive in its rear view mirror. Interesting. I think because Clavio went public, we have visibility into how they're doing. And I think Attentive is or was trying to go public, so I don't know as much there. But I hear and see and interact with Clavio way more than I ever see and do Attentive. I think the only thing for Clavio is I think Sendlane's starting to slowly make headwinds. So uh, Chase Diamond's 2025 prediction is that Clavio is not going to be as strong because of Sendlane. And yes, that's, <laughs> that's sponsored, not sponsored. I'm an advisor. Oh yeah, who was that guy that was getting mad at Jimmy for like having people shout out his product without tagging ad or something like that? What was that, bro? I don't know. I I don't remember who it was. There was there was one guy that said something, and then I I went and like dude on every post I say I'm an advisor, and he goes not talking about you or Nick. You guys are high class citizens. I'm talking about everyone else, but I don't know why he said that. Obviously not true. Everything's been above board and above water, but yeah, it was funny that you saw it. Jimmy got a lot of love on social though. Like Nick Sharma shouted him out randomly. Sean from Ridge shot him out. I shouted him out. He's getting a lot of love. I think he's going to take a lot of brands from Clavio. But I do agree going back to Adam with what Adam said. Yeah, 100%. I, has, do you know anybody who's ever used Attentive to send an email? Email, no. I know they were like trying really, really hard to get some of our brands and some clients to do it. I don't know if anyone made this switch. So I don't know that anyone that has, not saying anyone hasn't. Interesting. Okay. You- I remember... Dude, you know what's so weird? I lost a client in 2022 because they decided they wanted to use Privy instead of Clavio to send emails. Isn't that weird? <laughs> and you you just dropped them or they're just like, we're going to do Privy by ourselves? I was like, me and my team are not migrating you to Privy. It is the worst thing you could probably do. They just didn't want to pay for Clavio. They were already paying, paying for Privy because they, um, they were using it for a pop-up. And they were like, let's just send emails through this. And I'm like, no. And they were like, well, we're going to do it. And I was like, all right, see ya. Later. Oh, man. Uh, Um, Anyway, last one. Prediction number five. Shopify stock is coming back. By the end of the year, I'm willing to bet that shop closes at 50% higher at end of year. Consumer demand is trending upward, which will directly affect Shopify stock. Really looking forward to that. See how this all plays out. (laughs) Um, You'll hear from me mid-year with an update. If I'm wrong, this is all Ryan's idea. I think he's talking about Ryan uh, uh, Babenzian. I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? Uh, Ryan is is that the guy from True Classic or who is he talking about? I'm not sure. Um, um year it looks like year to date. Um, looking at the start wow. of the year, which was 35, now it's at 65, so it's up like 80 something percent year to date. So, 80 percent. Good call, Adam. Yeah. Good call, bro. This okay. also came at a good time though, because if we filmed this a few weeks ago, he still would have been up and not as big. He would have been up maybe by 
30 or 40%, but he's up 80% in this prediction at this very time in the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it is, it is uh Q4, it's Black Friday coming up. So I bet Shopify is going to do pretty well. Do not buy Shopify stock right now. Wait until Cyber Monday happens. This is not funny. They're going to do a sale. <laughs> I wonder if they're doing a Shopify sale. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, that, that was good. Um, anything else to say about DTC? Anything Anything you want to say? Um, not anything crazy. I think like the past couple of weeks, past couple of months have been okay across the board. Some are doing well, some are average, some are down. But I think the next few weeks are really exciting. Like the next few weeks are our go time. I hope that every brand and every agency and every freelancer involved makes a lot of money. So I think the next few weeks are going to be really exciting. Hopefully. We'll see what happens. Okay. Let's go to the next one, man. Um, weird perks of having money. Um, so you want to just go back and forth? I, I think I got two. Go for it. Want to yeah, go for it. All right. So, I mean, the first one is more of a thing when you like have money and don't have kids and a family. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, the first one that I'm thinking of is being able to fly wherever, whenever. Um, and like, I don't think people understand the magic of flight that you can like get in a little tube and it takes you to another part of the world in like a couple of hours. Like I probably will still do this. Um, all my boys are going to Vegas and I don't feel like going cause I want to kind of do some work. And so <laughs> I'm going to stay home, but I might not stay home. I might go somewhere else. I might like just decide like, Oh, there's a flight going to. I don't know, Franklin, Kentucky. Yeah. Good. Well, not I, I, domestic flights is what I was more thinking of. Um, but like, dude, I could just like, if I wanted to, I could just like fly to, I don't know, Arizona. Like, I, like, anyway, anyway, I think, I think that people, and listen, like, it is a bit of a time commitment, obviously, but like, if you are working remote and you have some money and you want to just like go away and just like fly somewhere for a little bit and just like spend a week somewhere that you've never been and just go explore, rent a car, whatever, just kind of like basically play house in like a new city. I feel like that's fun. I've done that. I did that a bunch last year. I kind of stayed put for the most part this year, but I kind of want to like get into that a little bit more and just hop around, just go to different cities. That's cool. Yeah. And you're, you're right about this part without kids, right? Because it is so hard to go anywhere. Like next week, uh, we're going to Palm Springs for my birthday. It's like a hour and a half, two hour drive for me. Like, and we're just gonna have to pack up our car of so much stuff for the kids. We're going from like a Wednesday through Sunday and it's just going to be, it's going to be great. It's gonna be a blast, but it's a lot. I'd love to hop on a flight with the wife and just go somewhere. We used to do that pre-kids, but also we make a lot of money since then. So I'm sure what we could have done and where we could have gone now is very different, but having kids, it's so hard to either bring them or find sitters for them for a prolonged period of time. So I definitely Mm -hmm. hear you on that one. You got one? Um, not, not anything like that, dude. Honestly, I'm pretty boring these days. Like I just love to hang out at home. Like we're putting a putting green in our backyard right now. We're getting like a play set for the kids. that has like a slide and swing and playhouse. So we're, we're trying to build more things at the house. So that way we don't have to leave. I think our one is just like, it's not anything crazy, but I think most meals we DoorDash are Postmates. And I just love the luxury of that. I don't think you have to be rich necessarily, but like you know, it does add up every time you order it's 40 bucks, 80 bucks, a hundred bucks. So it does add up, but just nice not having to do the dishes or it's nice not having to, I don't know, go grocery stop shopping. And it's just nice to have what you want when you want in terms of the food. I don't know. That's kind of mine. It's kind of lame. You love your DoorDash, huh? I love it, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got another one. Um, And this is like more of a wholesome one, but like I love giving gifts. 
it might be my favorite thing. Like I got a girl now, you know, I like who doesn't love, you know, throwing gifts around to you enjoy spending time with. I got some really nice friends and we all like mutually will just buy each other stuff. And it's like totally random. Like it doesn't have to be like, Oh, I'm going to like get, you know, Ben this or Jimmy this or whatever. Like it's, it's just kind of like, I don't know. You just see something when you're out and it's like, Oh, like, you want you know, that? I got you. I love this. You know what I mean? And just like yeah, being yeah. able to just like sort of have a budget almost set aside for just like if you see something and you want to gift it to somebody else, like, dude, it feels great. Like everyone gets dopamine out of giving gifts. Like love you love giving, people love receiving, and especially yeah. because they know they're gonna get you back, even if they don't like. I don't know. Some people don't like feeling like spoiled, they don't like feeling like they owe you one, but like you always get, you know, got back, you know. I like that. That's like a phase I'm in right now. I'm buying a lot of gifts. Yeah, I like that. I think for, I think for me, it's gifts, yes, but it's more like experiences. So like for all my brothers and friends' birthdays, like my close friends and brothers, so there's probably like, I'd say like eight people that like I do this for every year. I treat them to a round of golf. So uh, I got I got hit pretty hard last time because I have two friends that are twins and I had to get them both the same thing. So we went golfing um, probably about, I don't know, three to five weeks ago, give or take. And we went to this course. I think it was like, it was like a buck 60 a person, but I paid 160 for me and 160 for each of them. So not that it was crazy, but you know, all in. And then, you know, we had food and stuff. It was like a $600 day just for, for golf, but like it was, it was awesome. My brother's birthday is coming up this weekend. We're going golfing. We're taking him out. We're going to order a bunch of food at her house. So I, I love that type of stuff too. Like on Halloween, which was, I guess, two episodes ago now or whatever it was, you know, we catered a bunch of food at her house. We had like 20, 30 people over. So I, I love hosting and kind of doing experiences, I guess, which is not too dissimilar to, to gifts. Mm, yeah. Dude, I like that. I like that. I think treating people to a, in a, an event or an experience, I think is, is just as good. That's why, like, yo, like, we're actually thinking about like buying a house, not buying a house, but like renting like a house for like a year or something like that, like keeping our apartments and then just like getting some sort of like 5,000 square foot little thing, like in Coconut Grove or something like that, and just like using it as like space and like throwing little things. Like, bro, we're actually, we're also okay. We were planning this at dinner. We were, we were sort of like game planning, like, what would it look like if we got like a crib like that? And then um, we made a list of people that we like that are like famous in Miami that would be like we would be excited to like deny at the door. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, you probably have a list of people where it's like if you were gonna throw a party and you knew there's gonna be like a bunch of like semi kind of famous people there. Like, for example, like Nelk could show up to our thing. That's wow. like not out of the question because like we're only like one person away from Steve will do it and Steiny and all those guys. Wow. They'd be allowed in. There's a couple people who are kind of on that level of like Nelk or whatever that. We'll probably have a couple million that are living in Miami, a couple million followers. I mean, by the way, um, where like if they showed up, doesn't matter how famous they are, I'd be like, bye bye, see you later. Thanks for no thanks. <laughs> yeah, and um, that was a little ego hit that we got. So anyway, I don't think whatever. We'll we'll see what happens in the future. Maybe next year. He has but... to do it now, man. When you get married, you have kids. It gets harder. So the key is to do it now. You're in a good spot where like obviously you're seeing someone, but like you're you're single, you have kids, you've got income. The time is now. Don't wait. Mm, I agree. All right. All right, cool. Um, all right, last one. Uh, one biz versus multiple bizzes. Um, and this is like sort of like uh, the ongoing debate. I see this yeah. on Twitter all the time. There are some people that 
you know, are influencers that think that you should only focus on one thing. Hermosi is one of those guys, you know what I mean? Like I'm a kind of a Hermosi guy. I watch his stuff. Um, I don't agree with everything he says, but there's a lot of stuff that I think anytime he says something, I at least consider it, you know what I mean? Cause he's obviously yeah. very made hundreds of millions at this point. And, um, he has mentioned in the past that it's way better to go all in on one thing than to be distracted by a bunch of different side projects. However, you are also very successful and you have like, what is it like four or five different things going on? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? What do you think is the most optimal way to sort of, I guess, build wealth or to make money, create cash flow? Um, and like, what are the caveats? Like, is there a certain order you'd rather do it in? Do you think that most people of one personality type should be focusing on one thing? And this personality type should be focusing on multiple things. Like, what's the case for each thing for you? Yeah, dude, that's interesting. Um, I think like, I think I'm somewhere in the middle where I like owning multiple businesses, but I didn't start six of them or four of them at the same time. I started with the agency, really kind of grew that, scaled that got to a place where I wasn't really needed, right? Like I'm kind of the face of it and like the, the lead generator, but I'm not really needed in the day to day. So it's kind of a disservice and a waste of my time if I do more than what I should, because then I'm stepping on someone else's toes that should be doing their job. So I think for me, once the business got to a place where like it was sustainable and solid and good without me being there, I'm like, dude, it's like a playground. Now I got to go play on a bunch of different rides and go build a bunch of different things. And I also think too, like it depends on the business you're building. Like with the agency we're building, I think about that as like a long-term investment. You know, we're not going to get rich in the short term from that business, right? We'll get a salary, we'll pay distributions, but most of that business is meant to kick out cash to reinvest into growth, right? Like we're just constantly reinvesting. So inherently we're not taking a lot of money out of the business. We could take a lot of money out of the business and run it really lean and whatnot, but that's not the goal. The goal is to sell it for you know, mid to high eight figures, potential nine figures, right? Whereas these other things on the side, I look at them as like short-term and mid-term opportunities where if I want to build a course and sell it for a couple of years, like the time is now. You know, I built the course when I was really deep in the weeds and that was the time. I think it'd be hard for me, me to build the same course today where I'm not as much in the weeds. So like with certain things, I think there's like a finite period of time where if you don't take the opportunity to exploit it, you're going to miss out. And that's how I think about it. So like, the courses, right, have a runway. This LinkedIn business, dude, this is great. It's very profitable, spits off a lot of cash. And I think that's short-term to midterm. But everything I do um, it is a lot more focused than it seems. Like my job at the end of the day is really being a content creator. And the way in which I monetize it is all these businesses and services around it. So when I think about myself, I don't think I'm as scattered brain as maybe it sounds. If you say, oh, Chase is four or five or six businesses, they all are off the back of the personal brand. And, and all I have to do is just create the same content. If I create content on Twitter and LinkedIn and the newsletter, it feeds the course, it feeds the agency, it feeds the LinkedIn service, it feeds the consulting, it feeds the advising. So I really think of myself as like one business, which is I'm in a content business and the ways in which I monetize it, I have different streams. Oh, so you're just like the email Nick Huber. Yeah, in a <laughs> sense, right? Like I'm the, yeah, I guess that's a good way to think about it. Like I'm the marketing content engine for services and products that are all related. Like it would be really hard and random if I were to go start like, I don't know, like a, a restaurant or something. That would be really hard. And I'd feel like that would be tough. But because yeah. everything mine's like online, it has team members. It doesn't really require me doing anything than pressing send on an email on a tweet or a post. I'm good. So I think 
I think it's hard to do four businesses that are four different things that need four different avenues, but it's really easy to sell, you know, four things to one person that might be interested. I agree. That's that's a good way to think about it. And also you're right. Like your, your role in the agency, like you started the business and you kind of like set it free. Yes. Um, Like that's, you know, that's a different thing. And I feel like from what I hear from you a lot is like right now, the main thing is kind of the LinkedIn thing. And like, that's where a lot of your brain power goes. But the the thing that I've realized, and I realized this fairly recently is is like, cause I had like last year, for example, I had, I, uh, I had the agency, I had freelance, I had cash flow, and I had copy MBA. Um, and I had all these different things and all my attention was going to all these different things. And like, I wasn't actually thinking about growth for any one of those things. I was just thinking about like, what do I have to do to make it? Exactly. And so it wasn't until I kind of just dropped everything else um, this year and only did basically copy MBA because my, my freelance shit, I can maintain like, because it's, I don't really care to grow that. I'm just yeah. working with cool people that I like, yeah. you, you right? Yeah. Um, and so with copy MBA, that's when I could put literally like when I'm lying in bed at night at, at one in the morning, I can sit there and have an idea and write it down and then spend my entire day the next day implementing on that. I don't have to be distracted by anything else that I have to do. I have no other obligations, right? And so um, the the thing that's exciting about like focusing on one thing is like it sort of becomes like a part of you almost. Um, and so I, I like that. I think, I don't know if I'll ever be able to sort of build anything outside of copying. Yeah, I feel like that's, even if I do add other products, which I definitely will. Yeah, it'll all be under the same roof, but I don't think I could go and then start like a, if I wanted to start some sort of like software product that wasn't related to copywriting, I probably wouldn't do that. Or, you know, maybe another agency that's like not at least copywriting adjacent. Don't think I can do that. Um, yeah. And if you look at your chart, at least dude, right like, now, dude, sorry, what were you saying? Sorry, I cut you off. If you look at your chart too, of like the growth of copy MBA at the inflection point, when you figured this out, which was probably at this point, what maybe seven to nine months ago give or take it was probably like april april of this year yeah so it's about seven months ago right like if you look at your your achievements and your growth and your revenue like it just was like a hockey stick when you focused and i think it's hard because where you were at with your agency is like you were the owner kind of manager operator you had people but like you had to get clients you had to close clients you had to do this you had to do that you were then writing for clients as you know a freelancer you were then running that other group, right? And you were having to make TikToks to to then drive that. And then you had to figure out how to retain the people. And then you're doing copy MBA. I think you were just being tugged and pulled in so many different directions and wearing way too many hats that it was just like taxing and exhausting. Whereas like if all those businesses were a little bit more mature, like maybe you started those prior to starting copy MBA and you were a little bit further along, I think you would have maybe either enjoyed it more. Not I want to say had more success because obviously you were doing well, but I think with like the way that you're doing it right now, it's great. Whereas like with me, I don't think if I was full time on any one business, it would necessarily be that much better, but potentially because it's like every business I'm operating right now is like intentionally not supposed to be a full time thing. Like I'm intentionally trying to build a lifestyle business that like makes money and certain things ebb and flow. Like if the agency is not paying out distributions in a month or a quarter, it's okay. Cause I can just be like, all right, I know this quarter they're not going to pay out. Let me go juice and jack the sales of the course up. Right. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, dude, I think this is a great one. I think this is like, this is perfect, like 
perfect content for the entrepreneur who's been in the game for about a year or two. I feel like if I were listening to this back in 2021, I'd be like, I'd be loving it. Cause this is like real directional stuff that you need to like understand about the game of entrepreneurship is like, you can have multiple businesses, I guess, but you can't start two at the same time. Definitely not. And I think like you need at least, at least a year of runway with one thing and finding success with it, probably more ideally, but at least a year before you decide to try and hop to something else. Um, Because I mean, listen, a lot of people think that if they're not making a ton of money, that the solution is to go start another thing. Usually the solution in that case is to, just ramp with the the main vehicle and just put all of your eggs into one basket for lack of a better term. And like, that's kind of what you did. Like when you, like you weren't really doing a lot of personal brand stuff until the agency was at like decent seven figures. Yeah. And it was good and it was automated. Um, and like now it's growing without you pretty much. Right. And you can work on whatever you want. It's still, you still have impact on the bottom line, but it's it, it like you said, it's more of a playground. It's more fun just to like try stuff out, do what you want to do. So I love it, man. Yeah, go to the personality thing that to wrap up. It's like know your strength and weaknesses. Like for, for me, the at the agency, like one of the partners is the CEO, and he does a great job there. And that doesn't uh, it doesn't do it for me. Like I'm not excited about that. On the LinkedIn business, I'm literally the same role. I'm the lead generator. I'm the closer. I'm the sales guy, but without taking calls. I've got this lady named Olga who runs the business. So it's like I want to build these businesses that I can put people in place to operate. And all I have to do is press send on a tweet or an email. And, and it drives traffic. Like that's that's my dream, and we're living it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah! All right, everybody. Thanks for watching the Diamond Download. This is Chase Diamond over here at Ecom Chase Diamond. No A and Diamond on Twitter. I'm at Cardinal Mason on Twitter. Um, everywhere but Instagram, where it's at Cardinal Mason. If you want to reach out to us and say what's up, say you enjoyed it, feel free to do so. We'll see you next week. Cheers, buddy. Bye.